The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. My name's Clive. I, I am back from vacation. However, Ricky is away this week to Manchester. So I'm joined by friend of the show, Rance of Outsider's Edge. Good evening, Rance. I want to start... Good evening, first and foremost. I want to start the rumour that you and Ricky got beef. And y'all can't be in the same room together anymore. Oh, can I start that? Uh-huh. Yeah, you can start it right now. We're actually having a beef on Facebook right now because um, he's got some interesting fashion choices again. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but if I could only imagine, my boy, I've, I've seen enough. <laughs> when when he told both of us that he wanted to wear, uh, he wanted everything that the Dream wears, Revitine Dream wears, like uh-huh. he would rock that, I was like, I, I know everything I need to know. Well, tonight's choices, if you remember Hellraiser, the film Hellraiser? Yeah. Well, imagine Hellraiser wore dress shoes. Oh, my God. Okay, I have to see this. So, yes, I'm going to look at this while we get started on this on this pod, because, yeah. my God, I can only imagine. I've got another song for you for this week. Uh, since I've, it feels like, I know it's only been two weeks since I've done a podcast, but the vacation was a nice long ten days. It feels like it's been a while since I've been on, so, I'm back, and I'm better <laughs> than ever. Got a knack, yeah. Good old Well, for the, for the record, we missed you. Thank I you. I want you to know that. You found them yet? I saw it, dog. Yeah, I just you, did. You see me just put my phone down. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, hey, that if there's one thing young Ricky does not need any more of, it is confidence because he has all of it. He should have a t-shirt that says zero fucks given." That's real. Like that should be his. Li- that's his life motto. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. That and hashtag ten. <laughs> yeah, he's the perfect ten. Ty Dillinger stole it from him. Ty Dillinger's a nine now. <laughs> okay, okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah, okay, I've got a joke for you that I just thought off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, what would? Oh, this is going to sound really bad. Just like shit. What would Ty like? The perfect tens. Now some matches have like a, a motto, like Brock Lesnar and Goldberg was fantasy warfare. Uh huh. Well, if the perfect ten was in a cage match, it would be called the the Dillinger Escape Plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told you I missed you, right? Right. Uh-huh. This is the stuff I missed. <laughs> the I th- Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh God. 
Okay. So, speaking of cage matches, Extreme Rules pay-per-view happened on Sunday night there. Yes. Do you know, it was one of those ones I had was just coming back from vacation that day, uh, so I, I was unable to see much of the social media surrounding it. So I was going in a wee bit blind, if that makes sense, in terms of not having an opinion told to me beforehand. I thought it was not bad, started off well. That's one of the things that the WWE pay-per-views do mostly well, is the pay-per-views start off good booking, good sensible booking, good matches, interesting stuff, and then it tapers off. I don't think that happened to much this, this time. The... Nakamura winning the US title was a nice shock squash match, as it were. Right. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. What was the first match? Oh, you had. I know this wasn't the first match, but Finn Balor defeated Constable Corbin, who is, for all intents and purposes, now a sort of comedy act. One of the guys who's just there to take a beating, as it were. Uh, it seems like it. Um, the first match was uh, B-Team and the Leaders of Worlds. Yes, that's right. The one thing I wanted to say about that was Curtis Axel may have come out with the catchphrase, the best line of the year, when he said, how do, you, how do I feel? I think it was Dasha or the other interviewer oh. that was asking. He said, how do, you feel, how do you think Stretch Armstrong felt when he landed on the moon? I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> okay, so can we talk about the B-team for a second? Mm-hmm. So we've gushed on this show and my show about how much we love the B-Team, right? Right. But I think it's time to acknowledge how much of a hit not only the team and the gimmick is, but the opportunity. It's an absolute hit, I think, in every stretch of the imagination. Um, Bo and Axel have been real good hands on that roster for a long time mm-hmm. years now and you can't say they were underutilized because they never I mean, everybody at this stage 90% of the people who wrestle in any company are decent to good right that's just the norm it's a different era now mm-hmm. so we know they can go but they never had gimmicks that were such that would endear them to the crowd on a consistently high level is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yep. So for them to double down on what made them endearing in the first place, and that's just being total idiots, <laughs> and find a way to be total idiots while being credible in the ring, I applaud them. Hot I applaud them, them. WWE. Like, if you look at it, it's absolutely upset that they won because of we look at the past – two, three years of their careers, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at the moment they said Miz is gone, we're B-team, we're doing this, it absolutely makes sense. Exactly. I mean, one of the things that I want to congratulate is is Bo Dallas because he's now one of the... Off the top of my head, I think it's only now Samoa Joe that remains, but all the NXT champions have uh, won a main roster belt and that's Bo Dallas added to that club. Now, is there anyone else, or is it just Samoa Joe? Well, do you remember Shinsuke finally got added last night, that night too? That's right. So, Shinsuke's added to the list, so congratulations to both of them. But we will talk about the US title one in a wee minute, because there's some interesting yeah. things happening on SmackDown as well. But Absolutely. 
I've not been a massive fan of the whole, like the majority of the sort of tag team scene on Raw being a comedy world. But when it's all you've got, and at, within the last month or so, the woken deleters of worlds, or whatever you want to call them, when they've not been the more interesting act, I think it was the right decision to take it off of them, the titles. It, it was still a surprise, but the B team are just so low down the totem pole of success that you just didn't think it would be possible. I mean, they lost matches all the time on Raw and just one of those loss ratios that was quite embarrassing. But they've won it. They're probably going to be fed to some monster team. Like I think we might be heading back down to the path of more serious angles with maybe Authors of Pain. I don't know yet. We'll see what happens. But Well, if 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 if, if actual... If what happens on TV actually matters... We're not talking backstage rumors or Meltzer reports. Like actual television, the revival is next because every match that the leaders or the B team have had in the past three plus weeks, they have shown the shot of the revival watching. Oh, so they have. Well, it should be them next. Should be. And remember, the the revival be Lashley and Roman, so they mm-hmm. already have proven. Yeah, we might have had a down stretch, but we back. And see the thing that I like about the revival, if it is them, they took for a sort of moment in time, they made Enzo and Cass a very serious act. Enzo and Cass back in NXT were Absolutely. Just sort of promo kings and stuff like that and always up for a laugh. But when they had the stuff going on over NXT TakeOver London and the Roadblock. Oh my god, great match. Great match, the great match at the February, the sort of house show roadblock they had as well. But that was like Excellent a match. serious, serious feud, and that was all mm-hmm. down to the revival. So, although the B team are a comedy act, if that means that the revival will bring out some seriousness, up the ante, up the stakes, get some real sympathy behind them, as we know that the revival are good at helping happen, it could end up quite an interesting little program there between the two teams. And I think the interesting thing is, so I, I said this on my show once, and uh, I got a little flack for it, not a whole lot. Like a couple people talked to me about it, but I know you're a huge revival, Mark. I love the revival. Most of the people in our circle love the revival. But the problem with the revival is if you were to lay out every team on SmackDown and you were to show a fan who doesn't watch wrestling anything they did for five minutes, their best stuff, whether it was a promo a backstage vignette, a match, whatever. Every other, every other team on that card will it has something memorable, right? The B team are a bunch of idiots and hilarious, right? Uh, um, uh, the deleters of worlds are spooky and medieval, and they got that whole otherworldly weird, thing. yeah, otherworldly thing. The authors of pain are intimidating as fuck right like every team even the smaller ones and then the revival come out and what's 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 interesting about the revival they wrestle well <laughs> so the beauty of them fighting a team that is so much on the other side is that that can help the revival get some love in the eyes of those that fan base because there's nothing interesting about the revival other than the fact that they wrestle well that works for diehards that don't work for the other group but if they fight an Axel and Bo, who have started to, they've gotten real a real push. They got a T-shirt. They've gotten a real 
the the company is really showing some faith in them to run segments. Uh-huh. So they backstage vignettes, interviews that can help the revival by showing the revival's teamwork and viciousness and old school attitude by attacking and beating the hell out of the funny guys. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm, I do see where you're coming from with the revival, but do do you should you have to cater to casuals? Yeah. Yes. At all because times. Because diehards so, are always going to be there. Yes. At all times, though, I mean. Okay, so that's 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 a layered question because, number one, the casuals are what caused the WWE to get to be as successful as it is. Number one. And number two, think about it. You just said, when, when we started this conversation about tag teams, you just said, I don't like what they've done with tag teams on Raw. Essentially, if you do not count Roman and Seth and Drew and Dolph as as actual tag team acts, the only tag teams that have gotten any real play recently have been B-Team and the Leaders. We've had a little mini thing with Titus Worldwide and AOP, which is nice to see another tag team yes. on the roster, right? But other than that, it's nothing. <clears throat> so the reason there's nothing is because there's no tag teams, at least on that brand, that have shown that they can keep the crowd's interest. But, so basically what we're saying is the, uh, the Revival are a slow burner. They were a slow yeah. burner on NXT as well. When we first saw them, we thought, ugh, they're all right. It, was, it wasn't until the the first Dusty Tag Team Classic, mm-hmm. I thought, all oh, right, we're onto something here. We, you saw what their game plan was. The whole cut up the ring, work on a body part, um, very clever wrestling so maybe it's just a case of they do, I don't think they should have to change their approach no because fans will no, get there eventually they I don't think they should either one thing a really funny thing that happened a couple of rows ago did you see Bo Dallas dressed as Bray Wyatt the whole so Axel is really trying hard to do Matt Hardy well and he's doing it as decently as he can but Bo got Bray perfect. I mean, the the voice, everything. That the was, way he moves and kind of sways when he talks, everything is perfect. It was frightening because he looked, obviously it was a fake beard, but I thought, oh God, you really see the resemblance between them then? We forget they're brothers. And Bo r- reminded us that they are genuinely brothers. Mm-hmm. I know. What were your thoughts on the other tag match of the night between... Team Hell No and the Bludgeon Brothers. Well, knowing what we know now, knowing that Kane was hurt, I think it went as perfectly as it could go. And let me tell you why I say that. I understand that it's almost essentially the same match as Brian had at WrestleMania. Yes, just with Brian the thought being chained. Right. I, so I get that. But the difference is, Zayn and Owens are not. They're great wrestlers tremendous but they are not as feared in the eyes of kayfabe and the WWE universe as the bludgeons are mm-hmm. brian had the bludgeons on the their heels for five six seven plus minutes this is a team that squashed the usos and the new day singularly and together in less than eight minutes uh-huh. and brian had them on their heels for damn near 10 on his own that's a good point actually it was one of those ones I just 
I wasn't really invested in this Team Hell No 2.0. So I assumed that Daniel Bryan would win it. Oh, sorry, Team Hell No would win the titles and it would, I don't know, there was rumours about Undertaker being the opponent for Daniel Bryan, but something came out today that I thought, do you know what, I'm fed up reading these rumour reports, so I'm just done yeah. with believing stuff from now on. I'll just say, fake news, hashtag fake news. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, the word That's the word of the day, apparently. Mm, so, I don't know, obviously, are you up to date with SmackDown? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, the Miz cut another solid fire. Uh huh. This is the Miz that I've missed on SmackDown. I think there's been too much comedy stuff with Miz since he moved over to Tuesday nights, but this was the Miz that I grew to love on SmackDown previously and then Raw there. And there was that intensity, and there's an, there's an anger in his eyes that makes me think he does actually hold something against Daniel Bryan in real oh, life. Oh, no, they've both admitted they really have. I mean, they work well together, but they really have real disdain for each other. Mm -hmm. This is not a gimmick. Yeah, there's. It's fascinating to watch, and if this does lead to a SummerSlam program between the two, then give it to me. I'm looking forward to it. I know you've got your um, concerns about seeing Daniel Bryan wrestle full stop, but from the whole story that these guys have had for many years now, I'm looking forward to that very much. Well, I'm sure that with this new contract he's about to sign, if if you believe that he's already signed, uh, he'll have a part-time schedule. Like, he won't do house shows except for the big ones. He'll just do all TVs. Mm -hmm. So that that makes me feel better. I will never feel good about Daniel Bryan wrestling. Never. So it's just something I have to accept, right? Just right. that it is what it is. Um, but three quick thoughts on the whole situation. Number one, I would never say that a wrestler getting injured is good, but Kane getting injured helped the fact of moving the Brian, Kate Brian Miz thing along because I'm sure team I thought team Hell No was gonna win as much as you said against the Bludgeons, but because of Kane they lost and were able to use that to further and heat up the feud everybody wants to see Miz mm -hmm. and Brian. Number two, I think this is great for the Bludgeons. Because now they can have a, a feud that's focused about them. Because nobody cared about them in this feud against Team Hell No. It was all about mm -hmm. Brian and Kane. Now they can actually have a real organic feud with the team where it's team versus team and not guy versus guy on the other squad. And number three, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, say your third one. Yeah, real quick. You mentioned about the Miz and the comedy. Well, we have to acknowledge, number one, Miz hasn't had a feud since he's moved over to SmackDown. And number two, and most importantly, Miz has been, he's been working, but he's kind of been like part-time working because he's been so busy with his reality show. Mm -hmm. He got a brand new baby and he's doing all his extra press. Like he missed the pay-per-view to, to be the MVP of the Major League Baseball All-Star Celebrity Game. Like, So I feel like they gave him a little break. You're still going to work. But you got all this other stuff we're going to focus on. And then when it's time to go, Right. You're going to go. So, I've got two questions. One, when you say Kane was injured, do you mean Glenn Jacobs was injured? No, Glenn Jacobs really has a foot injury. Oh, right, okay. Right, that's fair. That's why they, that's why they did the angle. Right. He really has a foot injury. That was one thing I quite enjoyed about the start, the first hour or so of Extreme Rules was the wee segment backstage where Kane got his foot squashed in the meat locker or whatever it was. 
Um, with the mallet. They finally used the hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The, it's like Triple H's sledgehammer on steroids, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and the other question is, who's next for the Bludgeon Brothers? Would you say it's the bar? I would hope it's the bar. That's the only thing that makes sense. Um, although I will not... I would not look past Sanity maybe sneaking in because they've pretty much dominated New Day the past couple of matches. They have. Um, but no, the bar finally is back. They're healthy. Um, and that'll be a hell of a match because all four of the... We, we all acknowledge that Eric Rowan is not the caliber of wrestler no, that not. Luke Harper, that Cesaro and Sheamus are. But he holds his own damn well in tag matches with yes. his brother Luke. Especially when it comes to tandem offense. Oh, he's tremendous. Very good tandem he pl- offender. He plays his role, whatever his role is, tremendously well. Mm-hmm. So to see those four who are all about the same size... All six three six four six five two seventy two eighty, go out there and beat the holy hell out of each other. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Aye, I mean I've not been annoyed that the bar haven't been used as much as or as seriously as I would have liked on SmackDown. They had this thing going on with New Day for a while, but they did move in April. I think it is time for them to have a legitimate program, as it were. And the leading- yeah, but every every everybody deserves a chance to. Some t- take some time off and get healthy. Mm-hmm. I I mean, there was again. I'm going to say reports here, but isn't Seamus carrying a, a dodgy neck injury? He apparently has spinal stenosis. Yes, so he's wrestling on borrowed time. That's a shame. From what we've been told, I don't know because uh, well, no, Edge wrestled with him for a while, and so did Austin. So he very may well have it. Underrated wrestler. In my opinion, overpushed, which is why he's underrated, right? Because he he got he got pushed to a lot of situations and opportunities that a lot of people didn't think he deserved or should have been in, or at least not at the point he should have been in them at. So that takes away from the fact that the quality of his matches have been really good to excellent for a very long time. Are you talking about Sheamus or someone else? Sheamus. Not Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh well, we'll get we're going to get to that eventually, I'm sure. Well, let's go just now. Then, what did you think of that match? I see leading up to it. I was thinking with the the kind of quote unquote shoot promos they were having the last few weeks, and then the brawl slash pull apart the week before. I was actually invested in it, and I was wondering why didn't they do this after Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, well, because I think they were in a holding pattern to try to to prop up to try to prop up um, SummerSlam. Can, can I point out something to you real quick before we talk? I talk about Roman and Lashley. Yes. Think about the big names that weren't on Extreme Rules. Sasha and Bailey went on, didn't wrestle. Um, uh, God, I looked at. Of course, the Bar wasn't there. They didn't wrestle. The Usos didn't wrestle. Uh, like a lot of really big top notable names weren't on Ronda. Ronda was a part of a segment, but she didn't wrestle. Like a lot of guys didn't wrestle on that card. Mm-hmm. I think they are trying to be diverse in their card usage because 
we all know the roster's bloated, and now the the, the shows are so long that they're trying to pick and choose. The top, like right. gender wasn't on the card. See, like there's a. I know. I've I've thought that since backlash. To be honest with you, especially when they had big cast in a match with Daniel Bryan, they've got as you say a bloated ro- roster. You're talking over on main roster. I don't know exactly, but must be a hundred. <laughs> it's got Close to be. Um, Joe wasn't on the card. Joe wasn't on the card. Um, so it, it, to me, Elias wasn't on the card. It's good to have a breath of fresh, like refresh it, like a bit of respite from these characters. But I get there is a a gripe that people want to see these super cards every month, but that means you're not going to get a super card on the big four. So I'm fine with the way they're doing things. I'm fine with seeing the likes of B team get a shot because it just keeps things fresh. The booking might not be to people's satisfaction, but at least. These um, wrestlers are earning their paychecks and getting some good TV time. So, so can I say something that's completely contradictory to what I would normally say? I'm I'm going to criticize Roman Reigns. The one thing that I can criticize about him in in relevance to his match against Lashley is he falls into the trap of he has a lot of these feuds. Where they are, the buildup is vicious and heated as hell, and then the match comes out and they wrestle just a standard match. Like the the one thing that I think a lot of wrestlers have that Roman hasn't, Roman has shown he can do, but I, whether it's the booking or the way the agents are producing the matches, whatever it is, that heat from that feud isn't manifesting itself into their work in the ring. Right. Because Lashley and Roman was a good match. It really was. It there, other than like Roman throwing him around for a while, like the the when they threw him out the ring and he literally Lashley just literally flew, and felt like other than like a couple moments like that, there was nothing of note. Like they should have went out there yeah. and beat the holy hell out of each other, but they had a standard match, and that's a criticism that's extremely valid because Roman is Roman is the target, right? Not only for the IWC, but the roster is acknowledging. He's the target. So if that's the case, and Roman's supposed to be fighting back and getting to this point where he's sick of this shit, Danny Glover, these matches <laughs> should be a lot more vicious. I do agree. I think I was actually quite nonplussed with that match. Maybe because it was one I was actually looking forward to with Roman Reigns. Maybe, I don't know. But it just felt like, ah, oh, this is quite disappointing because the brawl that they had... And raw, you can see that. See if they're just given time to be intense, and throw some sort of snug punches and forearms and kicks and stuff. Then they could have a good match, but it just felt a bit flat to me. Through no fault, well, I don't think it was through any fault of anyone. It was just maybe the match that whoever was the buzzword for the moment produced it. Right, but the problem is, the problem is, this is three matches now. And I'm not counting the Brock situation because nobody knows what the fuck is going on with that. But his last three pay-per-view matches have been heated feuds. Joe, Gender, and now Lashley. All three were extremely heated feuds. All three had a bunch of backstage brawls and fights and and personal mm-hmm. insults thrown around. They've all been marquee-level matches. 
and then all three of the matches have been underwhelming. The gender match was underwhelming because the crowd never gave it a chance to be interesting. But the other two, you could expect Roman and Joe and Roman and Lashley to at least at, at least be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was entertained because it was a good match, but there was nothing like, oh, man, I remember that. Yeah. The one thing I do remember was the belly to belly onto the table. And yeah. The suplex onto the floor. Lashley did kind of bounce there. His head whipped quite badly. Um, yeah. But apart from that, that was it. That, I think that was the... I did enjoy most of Extreme Rules, but overall, I thought there wasn't any standout match. No, no classics there. Uh, nothing of note. You don't agree from the look on your face? No, I'm, I'm, no it's not that I don't agree. I'm trying to think. Uh, I will tell you. Okay, so so maybe I can agree with that, but I will tell you this. I have not seen a WWE pay-per-view in a, in a good while that had as many shots and and unexpected moments mm-hmm. as Extreme Rules did. And for a show that's called Extreme Rules, that is what you should expect. That's true. Right? There were, I mean, that's the thing I was going to talk about earlier. Kurt Angle calling out Brock Lesnar towards the start. I really like that because I've had... I mean, I did a whole podcast about it, how I'm fed up with it. <laughs> yes, you uh, did. <laughs> fed up with the whole Brock Lesnar stuff, and Kurt Angle must have listened to that podcast. Thanks for listening, well, he, Kurt. he clearly is a social suplex fan, so yes. He's a, a, he's a, a two-time Olympic... I don't know. <laughs> 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 he listened to the podcast with a broken freaking neck, that's what he did. And 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 I'm, and I look if I if I had an Olympic gold medal, I would wear that thing around the house every day, all day. I know. I hope he does. But the, I do too. I like that they were called that out. I liked the. I know people might think it's a demotion for Nakamura to all of a sudden be in a main title scene for months to then just win the US title, but Nakamura was still in the main event scene for many months he might not have won the title but he was a big focus for Smackdown for a long time from January to June so I think that he's instantly elevated the US title he's not, he's not elevated. He, okay maybe he's elevated the US title but he has been de-elevated in the eyes of fans well, to go that long and to not be able to get the goal I, I know I don't look at him the same he, now his character work is so impeccable his character work has been impeccable, and his, we know his in-ring work is always going to be excellent. But in terms of what I think, where I, if I were to list the hierarchy of uh, SmackDown, at, at one point it was AJ, then Shinsuke. It's not that to me anymore. Shinsuke's down a couple notches, U.S. title or not. Well, the, the, the gulf between AJ and Jeff Hardy is understandably bigger. Sure, and then also Brian is back, and Brian is the focus of the show again. So he's he's instantly up there, like number two or one, and then of course Rusev had a moment where he stepped up, and Miz is always going to be have his level mm-hmm. of uh, nobody gets more time, no screen more screen time than Miz, damn near right. Mm-hmm. Um, but while we're talking about Shinsuke, Tim, you said you wanted to tell me talk about the match and your thoughts on it. So let me know what you think, because that's a very controversial mm-hmm. way to have that match go down well I liked how it went down um, you could argue that Nak- okay, Nakamura failed to beat AJ but he evolved his game plan and 
kicked Jeff sure. Hardy in the balls before the match instead of during it. <laughs> Uh, so that obviously works to his advantage. His gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't. Listen, this isn't a Dillinger escape plan effort. This is true. This is a shoot opinion. Oh my god! He was like, maybe if I kick him in the nuts before the match, it'll work. <laughs> god bless America. <laughs> oh my god! That's, that's good. That's good. Uh, I'm not. I don't like Randy Orton back. <laughs> That really, sounds really bad, doesn't it? Um, no, we all have our guys we don't like. That's okay. He's interesting as a heel, uh, but he nearly ripped Jeff Hardy's massive loop eating thing out. Well, you know why he's interesting right now? At least just in these last two, these last two appearances? He's interesting because we don't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh, he's interesting because he looks interested. Well, that's a big part of it. Because we know Randy definitely will get that come and get them checks. And another um, thing that makes me think that he's interested for whatever programs up and coming is he has um, cut a few pounds. I think he's been doing some DDP yoga. Shout out! Shout out! Yeah, he looked a bit not too much, not like his two thousand nine days, but he definitely looked a bit more shredded than when he, he was did. previously on the show. He did. Well, the two months off did him well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, do you think? I know that Jeff Hardy has carrying a lot of knocks and niggles and stuff like that. But <laughs> Sorry, please continue. <laughs> I love that word. Niggles. Yes, I love it. I love the word. <laughs> hey, you my you my favorite person ever for using it on the podcast. <laughs> You're my favorite person ever. Well, just let you know that. It's thank you, but it's like a common word. No, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's funny to me. It's, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Hey. Hey, where was I? The, Jeff Hardy has a bunch of knocks and niggles. Yes, and his promo was a bit out there on Tuesday night there. Enjoy the show, woo! Is there something wrong with him? He's broken. Is that, He's the, the, is that the route they're going down? I don't remember the exact moment that he, the exact moment he had the promo or what caused, or what caused it. But when he when he went to SmackDown and he started feuding with Orton and or whatever happened, he had the match with the first match he had at a uh, gender at the Grand Royal Rumble. Then he started feuding with whoever it was. Uh, uh, might have been or I don't remember, but going into backlash or whatnot. And he all of a sudden just started wearing the face paint and he was cutting more darker promos and referencing the obsolete and all that stuff. So, yeah, I do think that he has. And if you remember, remember Jeff's original real main event run on SmackDown uh, when he finally got the title uh-huh. and was facing Triple H and Taker and all these guys. Yeah. And he started wearing the face paint and being a little darker and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's see, the, Jeff Hardy knows that he's not a talker that's not his forte but that face paint and stuff brings out his creative side which I guess allows him to be more in tune with stuff like that and it's been working because the face paint is great and the eye shit is freaky as hell I don't know see for about four or five seconds I thought I was watching Bound for Glory 2011 again oh well that's what people thought happened on uh, Sunday 
people were like, oh my god, did, did they did, did he do it again? Well, I, some people I heard a couple people, and it might have been jokingly referencing it. Because I mean, I don't know if Jeffrey's clean, but WWE would never let that happen. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Um, but I mean, but come on, man, come on. The callbacks were were really, really eerily similar. What specific callbacks? Do you mean to Bound for Glory? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking Victory Road when he was drunk, and oh, was it Sting had to hold him down. Oh, was or it Victory Road? I've got my pay per views mixed up there. I think it was Victory Road. Uh, but it, I only say that because Jeff comes out, Nakamura pins him super super fast, and they just move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. But you know. There's a lot of other things that don't match with that too. Like Jeff came out looking coherent. It didn't take him four or five minutes to get to the ring, stuff like that. But and it was very clear the storyline. And I think the the what I what I enjoyed about Shinsuke winning that fast, simply this: Shinsuke needed a definitive win after what he did with a, what, he, what he went through with AJ. Uh-huh. So I think that that instantly brought him back up by winning that dominantly. I really liked his God Bless America stuff on SmackDown there. That was quite haunting. He is. I, so you, I did a column not too long ago about the uh, dissecting like character. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, and using the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the the scale, the character scale of mm-hmm. good, evil, and neutral, and lawful, or chaotic. Yes. And I said that Shinsuke is evil, is chaotic evil because essentially he's the Joker now. Uh huh. He's yeah. just doing shit just cause. He just wants to see the world burn. Yep. That's a good point. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when I come out. I don't know if it's going to involve Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. That seems to be a personal thing between those two. The, the interesting thing about Randy Orton Tuesday after he. The whole low, the low Benson and whatnot. The one thing I enjoyed was, at one point he walked away from Jeff, looked at the ring, and screamed, "Where's Shinsuke?" That let me know that he still want that title, uh-huh. which made me feel like it wasn't just personal. So yeah. there's really a he something he has a plan, such as him doing stuff to do it. Possibly. For the first time in a long time, I'm interested to see what Orton does next. So fair play to him for doing that, I suppose. <laughs> Agreed. Aye. Uh, right. We'll talk about the women's matches for a wee while. Well, which one you want to talk about? Because the Carmella... You're a Carmella fan. Let's talk about Carmella. That's your, that's your girl. Please. For a wee, for a few minutes, I thought James Ellsworth being caught in this shark cage was a shit. <laughs> I did too. I swear to God, I did too. Uh-huh. Until I saw the thing on his chest and I was like oh that was planned aye it looked like he was wearing a stab proof vest or something like that it was a flag jacket it was basically so that when Oscar kicked the holy hell out of him it uh-huh. wouldn't hurt that bad aye I know that kind of there was a few things that pulled me out of it there I know I know that Carmela isn't the best wrestler in the roster but she feigned away from a couple of attacks and I'd, I don't like it when that happens like there was a hip attack where she basically just moved out of the way, but she sold it as if she'd been blasted in the face. Well, it's that Alexa Bliss selling that you know. So I'm I'm scared to take the hit 100 percent sometimes, so I'm just going to sell it like I did, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. but I was more entertained with that match because 
see from a booking standpoint, it made sense that Asuka, the way Asuka was beaten was still fine because she just got her head smashed off the shark cage. Uh, so it, it still, I think it still protects her. No. No? You're not buying it? Well, okay, so I'm, I'm twofold. I am 100% behind the, the, the Carmella push. 100%. Mm-hmm. No, no not, not looking back one second. I'm absolutely behind the, the Carmella push. The, here's the problem, though. Asuka has taken so much from so many different people over the years, right? Bailey, Ember, Mickey, Sasha, everybody. That's NXT, though. Everybody. It, uh, Emma and Dana Brooke, like every, Nia Jax, everybody. And she loses to a super kick and they're hitting her head on the cage. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I say that because it's one thing if she would have accumulated a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of damage during the matches, and then that was just the blow that finally did it. Mm-hmm. Carmella wasn't giving her any wasn't giving her any work in the matches anyway before <laughs> these moments, which is the problem because I'm not that guy that's going to sit here that, that argument that finishers need to be finishers, and you know that argument people have, mm-hmm. but. But it it makes it look weird that okay, well, Carmella's super kick apparently can beat Charlotte and Asuka out of nowhere, but then other people's super kicks don't. Do, it's just you, you know, but Jimmy Uso can who utilizes it much better has a super kick you three times before you fall. Like it 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 right. doesn't look consistent enough for somebody who has a problem with it already to say, all right, I'm cool with that. The super kick is the worst offender for it. Because Absolutely. Well, like, super kicks and DDTs, yes. DDTs, yeah, but um, the Sweet Chin music used to be like, the, it probably was the most over finisher in the company for a while. For well, because of Sean, not because of the move. Yes, that's true, but what I mean is, it's just used all over the place now. When you have, I'm okay with that. It doesn't bother me because most of the times it's used as a signature or a regular move. If that's the case, I'm cool with it. I don't mind Carmella winning matches with it. My problem is you at least work on the head. Get, like, have some offense. Like, mm-hmm. control the match for five minutes. See, make make it look like, okay, this this move worked because I got her to the point where I could hit her with one move and finish it. And that didn't happen. That's the thing, though. I think it was Plan. Samuel Plan had said that on right side of the pond last week. He's he's fine with Carmella's character work as well. We're all fine with Carmella's what's going on. I bought most of the booking for what happened this night uh, this week with the smashing the face off the cage and stuff like that. But they keep trying to book Carmella as if she can wrestle. When we know she's not that great at it, she knows she's sure. not that great at it. But the matches still play out as if she's got a foothold in the match. And it just doesn't match her. I'm better than you when she's not, if you know what I mean. And the, I want to. Sure. Was that? Are you sure or sure? No, I was saying yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah. See, so the reason why I prefer, I was going to tie this into the Alexa match. I prefer Carmela's. I'm a shit wrestler, but I'm the champ. To Alexa's, I'm a shit wrestler, but I'm the champ. Is. Alexa's too serious and 
it doesn't come across that she's a legit badass because of the way her matches are booked and that one at the weekend there it was just another boring match okay. with Nia Jax well hold on before we get there I want to make one point about Asuka okay um, I feel for her in a situation but this is the exact reason why I hate streaks in wrestling I've been on this show numerous times talking about how much I hate for example the Undertaker's undefeated streak at Wrestlemania like I hated that I hate streaks in wrestling because well let me ask you this let me, instead of making my point I'll, I'll ask you a question that's, that'll make my point for me okay Okay. be completely honest were was Asuka over to you I'm talking about from the moment she debuted until until she won the Royal Rumble say right do you mean was Asuka main roster oh, debut main roster yeah from no well, from NXT to the main roster from Royal Rumble win just okay. that period was Asuka over to you because her character was great <sighs> or was she over to you because of the wrestling well man that's such a cop out answer because you didn't answer the question like I, I get she could wrestle but like what of it was was I think do you think was more important to her being as over as she was I'm not in sure. fact, I'll even ask you an even a even more nuanced question. What's Asuka's character? Not a clue. That's the problem. And that's why I don't like streaks, because streaks do no character work. Streaks don't build up characters or people. They build up an aura. And when you lose, which eventually you're going to have to lose, that person isn't over anymore because they did no building of the person. So that's the problem. Okay. I've not... Like, I mean... You've stumped me there. Yeah. So see, I mean, and you might you might disagree, but just think about it. Like, anybody... The reason Goldberg was no good anymore after he lost was because he never had any character. He wasn't built as a person or as a character. He was built as an aura. And his aura was dependent on him winning all the time. Which is why... His, his first WWE run didn't work because he lost. But his second WWE run was perfect because he was dominant. Okay. He was the guy we knew. I'm going to play the contrarian. Uh oh. So you said streaks don't build characters? They, most times they have not. No, most times. Not, not streaks to that level. I don't think so. Not often. What about Kurt Hawkins? That's different. <laughs> He's losing. I'm talking about winning streaks. It's, uh, it's still a streak, though, and that's made his character as that he's a loser. Yeah, but okay. So I think the difference between losing and winning in streak in streak form is, for example, MVP and Kurt Hawkins have had very famous losing streaks, right? Right. But the but the purpose of their losing streaks is for them to become relatable. For people to, to, to for the groundswell to grow behind them to feel sorry for and them. want them to do better. Okay. Right? But Asuka, she said Asuka's gonna have a great match whether she wins or loses. That's right? True. If Asuka wrestled a match against Sasha Banks and Sasha won, it would still be a great match. So the wrestling wasn't what got her over. 
The wrestling was what legitimized her, but what got her over was winning all the damn time. Mm-hmm. So once she starts losing, nobody has any nobody has anything to say about who she is as a character. We know who Carmella is. Carmella is that girl who talks in your face, who's pretty and talks in your face and shouldn't be winning, shouldn't be successful, but is successful and let you and never let you forget it. Right? Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch is the ultimate underdog who everybody wants to pull for because she's gonna she's gonna fight and fight and fight and come back like you know what I'm saying? Mandy Rose is a is a is a goddess quote unquote. Sonya Deville is an MMA fighter, right? Like they, the iconics are mean girls. Like everybody has a character except for Asuka. Oh while I'm not sure I agree with you, I have nothing to nothing in retort, so I might need to get back to you on a postcard with that. Think about one. it. I will. Yeah, think about it. So where do you I'm not sure I've heard you sort of flat out say your thoughts on Alexa. Uh, well, let me say this. I prefer Alexa to Carmella personally. Okay. The reason I do, the reason I do is just based on their characters, which are extremely similar. The difference between Carmella and and, uh, and uh, Alexa is uh, the the prevailing theory or the, what the WWE is presenting to us is Alexa keeps winning because of her brain. Because she's outsmarting people. Carmella is not outsmarting people. Carmella has an ace in the hole. Right. So there's a little difference. So I much rather because that's a that's a gimmick, right? Being smarter than everybody else is a gimmick. It's something that you can use on paper. And the reason why the one person that she ran into that she couldn't handle, which was Naya, is because Naya's bigger and better and she couldn't outsmart her. Right? Right. And Rhonda's tougher. And she can't outsmart her because she's going to get her ass whooped. But everybody else, she outsmarted Charlotte. She outsmarted Bailey. She outsmarted Sasha. She outsmarted Becky. She outsmarted Naomi. She outsmarted them. She didn't beat them. See, I'm not... The thing that bothers me about Alexa being champion this time is not that she's a shit wrestler. I get that she's not the best wrestler and you prove a point that she does outsmart people. It's that we're doing it all again. We're doing the Nia Jax storyline again. Nia Jax has flipped from face to heel more times in the last few months than the Big Show has in his whole career. Jesus Christ. Well, okay. Can I can I can I can I play contrarian on that one real quick? Mm-hmm. I believe I was on this show when that shit happened. Yes. Uh, yeah. When right when Nia was mean to Ronda and the Jobber, I was on the show. I think that that week. I think it was actually us, Ricky and I were on Outsider's Edge, actually. I know I was talking to you mm-hmm. in, in whatever it was. And I told you guys, I don't know if this is a hill turn more than it's I got something to prove to you. You remember me saying that? Mm-hmm. If you take that one week away, legitimately, take that one week away, the entire time, has she done anything else hillish? Probably. Go back and think. In fact, you don't have to do it now. But I I urge you to go back and look. Everything else since that point has been pretty on the level. What about the the Twitter work? Oh, well, yeah, okay. That's... That's... I don't know. I don't even know where to talk about that. I don't even know what to do because... I don't. I'm never. I don't like to get worked by wrestlers on Twitter, but that felt pretty real. 
no, you know, I didn't think so. so. I, don't know. I, I didn't think so at the time, but it seems to still be an issue, apparently. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, maybe I, I, I'm, I'm lost on that one. But in terms of the Alexa night, so I, let me say this: I don't want Alexa to be champ. I didn't want her to win Money in the Bank. I wanted her to have a second away from the title and exactly. have a feud with the Ember or somebody for a minute. But the difference is, I understand business as you do. And seeing Alexa versus Ronda at SummerSlam for Ronda winning her first title is going to be amazing. Alexa running from Ronda and Ronda finally getting her hands. This is the thing. Characters like Alexa always have that moment where they get the holy hell beat out of them. And it's cathartic for everybody, right? Yep. And we thought that was the case at at, uh, WrestleMania, but it wasn't. She didn't get beat like she should have. That's probably going to happen with Becky Lynch as well. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. So Becky, who the crowd's been begging for over a year to finally get back in the title picture, is going to get her comeuppance against Carmella in a full circle type situation. Remember the first Money in the Bank ladder match? Mm-hmm. Full circle. And then Ronda, who has been the absolute star and surprise of the year, is going to come out here and beat the holy hell out of Alexa and, and, and Mickey and her stilettos and throw her around. And it's, it's going to be. And Ronda's finally going to win. It's going to be amazing. Well, for some, it will be amazing. It's fair enough. Fair enough. I, I should have. I should have said better. Yes, you're right. For some, mm-hmm. I still have issues with Ronda Rousey, but that's too long a discussion to have. But surely she's making a believer out of you, right? At least, at least somewhat. I see it like when she wrestles. Yes, but they keep they keep doing this. She's not. But she's not a full timer. She's not at all. I disagree with that one hundred percent. What constitutes a full timer in your eyes? Wrestling every week? Someone who's there at least two weeks out of four. Ronda Ronda's been suspended. Yeah, I, yeah, because they're just keeping it off TV. Or maybe it's a story. Right. Well, I, I get. I okay. Know. Hold on. Hold on. Real quick. Hold on. Real quick. So you have an issue with Ronda not being on TV this past month because the story called for it, but the ball, but Sheamus and Cesaro just randomly took off, just cause, and you don't have a problem with that? No, the, pro- the problem I've had is this has been happening, whether it's story or not, for since Elimination Chamber, where she's just appeared now and again, and then she's off again for quite the same amount of time. That's not true. Ronda's probably missed two Raws the entire time she's been on the, been, been other than this this month. For the storyline purposes, Ronda's been on every Raw except for like two, in some capacity. Hmm, are you sure? Maybe three, but yes, right. just about. Okay. If I'll, I'm wrong, I will apologize to you on air. If I'm wrong, likewise, I take I will take it back. But I just still don't think that she's been used to her full potential. And when we're in this, that's fair. When that's, I think that's the point that I'm trying to articulate, and I'm not doing it well enough. When we're in this place where apparently the creative is bad, the wrong people are being pushed, uh, the wrong people are holding championships, she's being used effective, 
too, she's not being used. Oh, Christ, I can't speak tonight. Take your time, brother. Take your time. Uh, she's being used too sparingly for my liking and with creative as bad as it is, quote unquote, they need something to inject some sort of, oh, yes, this is great. Okay. And we're not getting that. She's only been used in fits and starts, stops and starts. Okay. Okay. I, so, I, so I get your point. I disagree with it, but I understand it. I disagree with it because Ronda Rousey is legitimately the big, not only the biggest star they have in on the on the show, but she's the only person in that entire company that's not John Cena. That's a star in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like outside our little bubble of professional wrestling, most people know who Ronda Rousey is. Yes. She's a legitimate star. So somebody that level that the, that level of star who didn't get their stardom in wrestling, got it somewhere else and decided to come over here, shouldn't be exposed. So, like, when she wrestles, she should be special, which is why I respect her immensely for knowing that she has that kind of juice, still saying, fuck it, I'll come to Raw, and I'll do a five-minute segment where I do commentary. Or I'll come out and stand on on the ringside with a friend of mine or something just to be on the show Mm -hmm. because she understands I really want to do this full-time. But I know I can't wrestle every week because then the aura will die. Same thing, and I know I know you hate the dude, so I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to bring him up for any other purposes than making this point. If Brock wrestled every week, he wouldn't be the same character. So just get rid of him altogether, then. <laughs> but but then so now again you're talking you're talking as a fan, and you're not talking as somebody who understands. Who is acknowledging the business side of it? You're just talking strictly, and there's nothing wrong with I know, that. I know I am. Yeah, there's, there's not, not anything wrong with with that with that thought process and mindset. But at some point, if you're going to be a, and, and if you're going to be a well-to-do and a a fully fleshed-out understanding fan, you have to acknowledge the business at some point, right? So I no. think about it. Ronda could pull the power play and say, "Fuck y'all, I show up at pay-per-views." Uh-huh. There's, see, it's just I enjoy when she wrestles most of the time. It's just the other things that are bothering me and I'm struggling to let them go. And that's fair because I, I, so I, if, if, I, if, I can, if we can meet in some of the ground, it's this. I think the top of the card on both women's divisions have not been as well received as they've been hoping they would. Yeah. And because of that, they need. I think they need an injection of of energy. Yeah, wee, I'm with you. I think they need a wee Deus Ex Machina, or however you pronounce that, um, to just get get the creative juices flowing again. And I think they should have done it. Like, fair enough if it's going to be Rousey at SummerSlam and Becky Lynch winning. That's two feel good matches for the women's titles. Not uh, to mention that Sasha and Bailey have a feud that is being projected to be very serious and huge mm-hmm. what they're doing with Ember and the riots because imagine if Ruby wasn't hurt if, if Ruby and Ember is going to be a barn burner of a match when they finally have it yes right that's another one that's that's sitting out there what like we have some stuff in the works like legitimately I think I just need to be a bit more patient myself I, I try, try and defend WWE as much as I can but the I should learn to be a bit more patient. I don't fault you for it because wrestling, being a wrestling fan is hard. 
because being a being a fan so in music like an artist puts out a music once every few months right uh-huh. uh, a movie show a movie show a movie puts out a movie like right right like marvel put out three movies this year you know so that's a lot but that you know that's not three movies in 365 days right a tv show normally is like a scripted show is once a week for like 13 weeks right wrestling is every week Mm -hmm. and in wwe you have three rosters of wrestling three times a week so it's very easy to get caught up in that cycle and you're not getting what you want and get impatient it's real easy to do that so i understand it see the the soap opera mentality i bit surprise you but i was a massive and i mean a huge Mark for Sunset Beach, if you remember that at all. I do not, but okay. It's kind of like your Days of Our Lives type soap. Uh, okay. And you'd have main characters who aren't in it for a couple of weeks because they've got another storyline going on. So I liken it to that because you've got people wrestling like the bar, for instance, who aren't in it for a certain amount of time. And then they come in closer to the big, the big reveal, stuff like that. So I'm going to try and be a bit more patient, but I just, I just don't want Alexa to be the champion anymore. I'm, I am also ready for Carmela to lose the title. She's had a decent yeah. run. She's gained quite a bit of experience for character work. Wrestling's not the best. It's not the worst I've seen anyway either. There are worse women wrestlers on SmackDown in my opinion. So, yeah. uh, we changing of the guard would be appreciated, I think. And I appreciate that you're not your issue with Ronda isn't that, oh well she hasn't earned it or I don't like her. Your issue is I want more of her. That's refreshing. Because uh-huh. most because most of the complaints are the other way. I want more of her because I want to I want to be won over by her. And because every single second she's had the chance to win us over, she has. It's a great point. Mm-hmm. So. Will we take a, this time to have a moment's silence for the loss of Kevin Owens? <laughs> oh, here come the druids. Oh, we might as well because he's going to come back as a zombie. <laughs> That's how the Undertaker was created. <laughs> uh, that was some bump, that. Jesus Christ. Well, the, there's a positive. The silver lining is that Shania Twain told him when you beat Braun Strowman I will sing win for you he finally beat Braun mm-hmm. so Shania got to sing see I had put in the social suplexes predictions column that I thought I think Kevin Owens is going to sneak this one somehow or another uh, and I was right didn't know it would be at the hands of Braun Strowman mind you but that was good I'm not sure what's next for him though Kevin Owens apart from a funeral but can I say this? Mm-hmm. I think it's so hypocritical of us as a fan base that Braun can do these things and still be looked at as a face. Oh, he, Kevin Owens did absolutely nothing wrong in that whole program. Nothing. And I get what I get. The stuff that Braun is doing is the feats of strength and amazingness that he's doing are so crazy you can't help but be awestruck. I get that. You're absolutely correct. But man, this man is tormenting this dude. Mm-hmm. Right and I, I just so and I'm I'm not gonna be that guy that says I don't get it. It's wrestling. It's entertainment. I I get that, 
but I, the the crowd has turned on people for less. They have, you know, right? Well, that's not be that's not befitting of a, of of a face, you know. Yeah. Somebody jumps somebody from behind, and oh well, that's he's that's that's he's a bad face. That's that's bad face work. Braun literally threw somebody. He tried to murder somebody. I know. It's <laughs> all so good. And his only regret was that he didn't congratulate. Uh, Kevin Owens on his win. <laughs> see, vicious man. See, one thing. Again, I th- I think I've been hanging about with you too much because I keep seeing the positives and negatives. <laughs> right. Booking Kevin Owens. He's been in comedy angles again since coming over to Raw. He's been in a weird feud with Braun Strowman. He's been in all of these um, dual-branded pay-per-views. He's been in segments and programmes all the time on Raw. They're still using him, so he's still on my screen. It might not be the prize fighter sociopath that I'd know and love, but he's still there. You see where I'm coming from? Obviously, he was off this week because he's dead, but... Yeah, he earned a vacation this week. (laughs) Uh He did. I, I, I think I've said this to you. It might have been private. It might have been on, on air, but I think this is the beginning of a Kevin Owens heel turn, uh, face turn. Possibly. It'd be interesting to see how well that goes. It's going wonders for Pete Dunne, and I think there are slight similarities in their character traits. Absolutely agree. I, you know, the most interesting thing about the whole Kevin Owens Braun Strowman feud to me is what what that is. Well, the most interesting thing is it has nothing to do with either one of them. The most interesting thing is that Kurt is is the guy that keeps pushing Braun to do the stuff to Kevin, mm-hmm. and and Kevin is begging Kurt, please help me. This this is not normal. Aye. <laughs> and and Kurt's like, nah, you just you know just need to face him. You just need to you you know stand up to him. And Kevin's like, no, he's going to kill me. I know. And what happened? He damn near died. So. That's going to be interesting when they finally come back and have an interaction. Yeah. See, for pure, just talking pure stunt work, the accuracy of that throw and fall and land was spot on. And he's going back, he's going backwards as well. He's not facing forwards and able to change his trajectory and stuff like that. So, I, I, I don't know if you saw the Meltzer thing. So, you know, Meltzer got a lot of, a lot of heat, which... I, you know, I don't like the guy, but it was a little unfair to him. So when Hiromu Takahashi got hurt in the Phoenix Plex, um, you know, there was a lot of backlash about that and how Dragon Lee had wrestled four matches in two days and the style in general of New Japan is so extra balls to the wall that it leads to all these major injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least neck injuries. Like, injuries happen, but like specifically head and neck injuries uh-huh. and people were, were trying to were going at Meltzer saying your star rating is what's is something that is contributing to this culture because wrestling these wrestlers want to be critically acclaimed and you keep pushing the ratings up leads to them continuing to push the envelope more and more and more that's a little unfair but his but his retort was well, WWE has injuries too. So when this this move happened, his response was, 
well, a lot of guys owe me an apology tonight. No, oh, that was choreographed. Sake. They had airbags under it. Was it dangerous? Yes. Is everything in wrestling dangerous? Yes. There's a difference between choreographing a move and trying to make it as safe as possible and dropping a dude on his neck. I know. And WWE stars might wrestle four or five nights in a row, but the house show matches are pretty tame. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even the hardcore matches are pretty tame. Yeah, because I remember CM Punk said that a hardcore match was a bit of a break. Yeah, because you take a few spots and you rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, there's definitely a conversation to be had about how much they do wrestle and the travel. Absolutely. That's a, that's a real conversation because that's what I think leads to their injuries more than their in-ring product. Uh-huh. But I, 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 I wasn't trying to have a philosophical debate necessarily, but I just wanted to mention that since we talked about the spot. Because uh, it was a hell of a spot. It was a scary spot. But it's as safe as humanly possible as they can make it. Just like when Shane jumped off the cell twice, as crazy as it was, it, it was as safe as you could make something like that. Uh-huh. As much as you can. Yeah. So, by my count, we've got two matches left to cover. AJ Styles and Rusev for the WWE title. It, the match got better. I think it started off slowly. Uh, is this just a challenger of the month? Do you think Rusev is going to go into a program with Aiden English? Or do you think no? He'll... No. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I, that that will be every wrestling at SummerSlam, and the heel and the face turn will be completely commenced. What for Rusev? For Rusev, yes. Right. Um, and and. If you don't believe me, watch Madden last night. Aiden, I think most of us agreed that Aiden would be the reason that Rusev lost. Mm-hmm, yeah. Aiden was the reason Rusev lost. And he begged for forgiveness on Tuesday, saying that I owe so much to Rusev and Lana. And remember, Lana, Lana we've, always, we've all thought Lana was going to be part of the wedge. And, you know, that whole segment kind of foreshadowed that, well, Aiden's going to want forgiveness, but maybe he's going to realize that Rusev wouldn't be here without me. Why do I got to ask forgiveness for this dude? Uh-huh. Did you, so, enjoy, did you enjoy the match? Oh, the match was tremendous. It's probably the best match of the night. Oof. I mean, I enjoyed the next match more, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but it was... I, 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 They have really good chemistry. Um, I don't... I like that Rusev had the opportunity. But I'm 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 ready for this AJ Joe feud, so we can do all this extra stuff until we get there. All right. Cool. But I need to go ahead and see this AJ Joe feud and see Joe try to murder him. Like, that, I need to see that. That would be good. I'd really like to see that. Uh, with the Rusev title shot, it, as I say, it got better towards the end. And I suppose that is the telltale signs of a good match where they're feeling each other out at the start. Nothing much is happening. Um, that's like the natural, for me, when I'm watching a match, sometimes I do feel five, ten minutes in, it's like, oh, this is boring. But it, it ends up being a really good, well-told story over 20-odd minutes or so. Well, we're so used to guys going balls to the wall from the very beginning. You know, it's hard for us to remember or to pay. Like, matches used to be paced where shit was slow in the first five minutes and you build up to a hot finish. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's a hot beginning, a uh, slow middle and a hot finish. I'd rather the slow beginning moving to a hot middle, hot finish and hotter finish. Yes. I'd rather it that. Way. 
and this nice reg- segue this this specifically is the problem that I had with the Intercontinental title sh- match ok 4 each 5-4 the score itself doesn't bother me but it felt as if it was opposite ends the, all the drama I felt should have happened at the end of that match not the start and I thought that a couple of the pinfalls again the number was high fair enough but a couple of them were very unnecessary for me the the roll ups Dolph um, Seth Rollins got a roll up pin for the first pinfall uh, but then he was kicking out of curb, Ziggler was kicking out of curb stomps later on in the match okay um, so yeah let's talk let's, let's talk about the match first and then let's talk about the controversy afterwards so yes yes um, we have to acknowledge a few things first can we do that uh-huh. First, first we have to acknowledge the fact that just just some base facts before we think about the match. We have to acknowledge the fact that in all kayfabe, forget backstage work, all on screen, canon, WWE facts. Okay, Seth Rollins has been acknowledged as, as being on the run of his career by the company, right? Yes. Dolph Ziggler's entire history has been that he chokes in the biggest moments. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. In fact, Seth had, Seth would have beat Dolph had Drew not interfered when he lost the title. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are three facts that are important to note. Okay. Going into the match now, knowing these facts, you have to remember that a Iron in an Iron Man match. Uh, sometimes the strategy uh, strategy is a loss is a win, right? Right. So I think that those first three falls that at least the first fall, the roll up, it was a fluke. Dolph didn't trip. People get rolled up all the time, right? No big deal. Uh, Seth just rolled up Elias. Uh, whatever the last their match was at the, whatever every year it was, I think it was Money in the Bank, right? It mm-hmm. happens. Then he gets curb stomped, and then that's when you start to see Drew, who won a match to stay at ringside, start to realize we're about to lose. We're about to lose control of this match. That's when the story started to play out. Right? Rollups happen. Okay, I'll concede that one. Okay, but and Drew kind of saved himself at the end of the match, the very end, sudden death. But why? Why on earth? Would they make it go from two zero to three zero? Because let me tell you why. Because the 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 story of of Dolph and Drew is that everybody knows that Dolph in ring is tremendous. He just can't close. Drew is a is a is a Scottish psychopath, right? Who's supposed to be the guy to help him get over the top, right? Mm-hmm. They both have the same mindset. Give me over the top. When Drew, when Dolph got rolled up, it happens. It's in the first few minutes of the match. No big deal. We got 25 minutes left. When he gets curb stomped, Drew realizes, oh, my God. So Drew's like, okay, Dolph is great. Maybe we can come back from this. When he gets beat the third time, Drew's like, we can't have this no more. I've, I've gone as far as I can go. 
I have let this go as far as I can go. Let me interfere. Let me beat the hell out of Seth. And I know I'm going. I know he's going to get disqualified. I, I don't. I don't think I'm thinking in kayfabe. Of course, I don't think Drew was thinking in kayfabe he was going to get kicked out. But he knew that. Okay, we'll take the disqualification loss, right? So that uh, much like uh, when Brock and Kurt fought. The first time, that's, which is the best Iron match ever to me, because it's the first time somebody said, "Let me use some strategy in this match," uh-huh. and beat the holy hell out of them. And that way, the rest of the match, I have the advantage because I use a loss as a win. And that one <clears throat> loss he took in the disqualification led to two more falls immediately that Dolph was able to get. Okay, I know that. I did like that bit where because of Drew interfering so violently that Seth was rocked and a couple of spin falls for Dolph were as a result of that. Mm-hmm. I just think it would have been better if all this stuff happened in the last ten minutes instead of the first. But it would have been rushed. And then they would have been there would have been no match. Well See, it was the rushed at the start the, though. The, huh? It was rushed at the start though. But the A, a, a traditional match for the last 20 minutes right what would you rather have would you rather have a rush beginning and have a have a legitimate match based off of that rushed match afterwards or would you rather have just match the beginning and have a rushed ending which leads to people wanting which I guess wanting more is a good thing but in this case it's Iron Man match I just think right? if it rushes to a crescendo and we've seen that before in Iron Man matches I think I, I just prefer the you can call it shenanigans if you want. I just prefer it that, as we were talking about in AJ Styles Rusev match, it was paced well. Mm-hmm. I just think it was it was back to front this time. And the okay, que- and it, yeah. The question I was going to ask was: It's no secret Seth has maybe reinvented or reinvigorated many genre matches over the last few years: Hell in a Cell, Ladder, Gauntlet. Gimmick, I mean, uh, not gimmick, a uh, uh, lumberjack. Oh wow, what a fucking match that was! Uh, even the gauntlet match and stuff like that. So yeah, he's done wonders absolutely. for a lot of your genre matches. Do you think he's done it here? Okay, so I do because I love the way it was paced. What I appreciated about it most was that not only did everything make sense from a story standpoint, but I appreciated that they went completely left of what everybody expected. Like you just saying, you would have liked to see it happen at the end, but that always happens. We've never seen this much shenanigans at the beginning of, of an Iron Man match before. So I appreciate it that we changed things up. The problem is that with talking about Seth, the, let's talk about the Lumberjack match just in general, right? That Lumberjack match, the crowd could have shat on it if they wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. It was a great match, but who knew that the crowd was going to be into that? Oh. You know, there's no way of telling the stars are so, lined. Yeah, exactly. So I say that to say this. Yeah, first time I've said that, I'll show. I'm proud of myself. That's good. Good um, <laughs> This match, this match will be could have been looked at greatly if people would have went for it, just as much as the lumberjack match could be looked at negatively if people didn't didn't mm. like it. Yeah, I do have to ask myself. Can I base? Can I have a proper opinion on the quality of this match when it was fucking spoiled big time by the crowd? 
So can we talk about that? Of course. I mean, I get the whole thing with Roman Reigns and Jinder. It was a bit too much. It was too much. But apparently these sort of protests or whatever you want to call them by the fans is because Roman Reigns is in the main event spot or whatever, or Roman Reigns is being pushed. This was Seth Rollins, the internet darling for the 2018. Preach, please. Because I'm going to go in too, absolutely. I just think, I don't know why they did it. I don't know if it was a distraction with the the timer on the Titantron. I don't know if the timer has been on the Titantron for previous every matches. Single, every single Iron Man match in history. No, there you go. It's always there. But at least the w- one thing that did prove to me was that the sort of you can't even narrow it down to one city or one state. There's just a mindset of fans that at least they're consistent. I think I tweeted this. They are consistent <laughs> in their douchebaggery. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that line, by the way. So you said it perfectly. Okay. So I don't like hijacking in general, but I can understand it in certain situations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that there's a backlash against Roman. I'm a Roman fan, but I can acknowledge that I get the issues that a lot of a lot of the issues people have with them. I get it. But if you if you're gonna hijack a match, like. And I don't want to say hijack a match, but I can understand if you give it a ch- you give the match a chance, and then ten fifteen minutes in, it's not doing what you want. Okay, I get that, right? That makes sense, right? I get that. But with the Roman matches recently, pay per view matches, the moment the match started, people shat on it. Mm-hmm. That pissed me off. So the issues was, I don't think people recognize that every a lot of the things WWE, a lot of things that fans are, are begging WWE change, they're doing. So you don't want Roman to win the Universal title. He hasn't won the Universal title. You don't want Roman to be in the main event. Well, he main evented against, uh, he main evented with uh, Joe, but he didn't main event with with uh, Gender. He did a main event against Lashley, yep. right? So you want uh, you you want Seth to be the guy, right? People are saying Seth should be the guy to beat Brock. Well, Seth had a main event match for a mid-card title which people want to get more love. By the way, that was the first IC title match to main event a pay-per-view in 17 years? 17 years, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. But let's go one deeper, because the one the one thing people I've heard some people say, Tito being one of them, LOP, is that, well, we didn't want Dolph Ziggler. Well, the reason they gave you this match was because the open challenge match they had, y'all went crazy for that. The rematch that went 30 minutes, people went crazier for that. So you did say you wanted Dolph uh-huh. and, 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 and Seth. So miss me with that. But what what bothers me the most is this notion that, oh, well, we've been, we were there too long and maybe the, the crowd was tired and they weren't giving us what we wanted. One, they gave you what you wanted. You just did what you wanted with it. Two, the show ended 30 minutes just about 30 minutes early, 35, about 25 minutes early. Three is advertised as a four hour, five hour pre-show show. Uh-huh. So don't, don't buy a ticket and go and complain that it was long. You knew how long it was when you went. Exactly. When you bought the ticket. But I, 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 I put this in a tweet, but I want to say this on air. Okay. If you don't mind. Okay. A lot of people have an issue 
and we just talked about this, me and you, about the fall counts, right? In the I and there's been 16 Iron Man matches in WWE, and I'm gonna name, I'm gonna say the fall counts for all 16. I'm not gonna even say the matches. It's the fall counts. First one, three falls to two. Second one, three falls to two. Third one, which was Michael's heart. At, at WrestleMania was one zero, cool. Fourth one was six to five. Fifth one was four to three. Sixth one was five to four. Seventh one was four to three. Eighth one was two to one. Ninth one was two to two and a draw. Tenth was one to one. Eleventh was six to five. Twelfth was six, was three to two. Thirteenth was two to one. Fourteenth was three to two. Fifteenth was four to three and then five to four last night then you might say okay well most of those were, were, were hour-long matches let me tell you the 30 minute scores okay first 30 minute score first 30 minute iron man score four to three. Second iron man 30 minute score two to two. Third iron man 30 minute score three to two fourth iron man 30 minute score 2 to 1 next one 3 to 2 next one 4 to 3 and then this one was 5 to 4 so a lot of people are saying well man you know they should have waited to the end and then with 0 0 then have this, the, 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 the final the, the actual fall in overtime it's happened once in history mm-hmm. every other Ironman match has been absolutely similar to this and Kurt Angle decided on the night that it was going to be a sudden death as well. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah, he did, and then I think part of that, yeah, it, so it it uh, it went tied, it went tied, and Dolph came out, came out, and he came out, uh, Kurt came out and said, "No, nah, we're not having that way. Sudden death, next fall wins," uh-huh. which is to be expected. Like we know that, right? Aye. And then Drew interfered, so I'm sure Kurt and Kayfabe was like, "I want a definitive." winner and then drew came and screwed him all over but yeah um but i just i don't know what people want well i've got a message for those folk that say it's their money they can do what they want I'll, this is the last thing we'll talk about if that's all right and then we'll i'll kill you with the quiz this week <laughs> i'm looking forward to that uh, are you familiar with pantomimes yes so it's like the whole I'm not sure how popular they are in America, but it's like fairy tale story put onto a big stage aimed at families and kids where you've got the, the likes of the Wicked Witch offering Snow White an apple and they're all going, oh no, she's behind you, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. See if Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was the pantomime and Snow White was getting booed and laughed at and the Wicked Witch... Maleficent, I'm not sure if that's the right witch, um, was offering the... Snow White, yeah, Maleficent, yeah. Yeah, was offering Snow White the poisoned apple and all the crowds were, all the adults were saying, yes, fucking poison that cow. And all the kids were saying, why? I thought I thought Snow White was a goodie. That's what's going on in the wrestling. You are spoiling it for other people who paid good money to go and they cost, they cost a lot of money. There's kids there that want to enjoy this as well and they can't because they're getting confused by the stuff that's going on. So I know it's a random analogy bringing pantomime into it but you see where I'm coming from. If people started cheering Maleficent uh, and doing sort of 
ironic chance to Snow White, that would ruin the ruin the whole ambience of the show. Sure, but I don't think that's I don't think that's a one hundred percent accurate uh, analogy. Only because it's one thing to cheer for the bad guy; it's another thing to cheer for nobody and just want a chant to distract from the match. That's a different thing. Cheer for right? yourself. Yeah, like okay, I look the way WWE has presented their product. They want you to cheer for who you want, right? So mm-hmm. if you like, if Seth Rollins is facing Roman Reigns, cheer for whoever is one of them you want. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? The bad guys have merchandise, so sure, that's cool. But it's one thing. But that's one thing. It's another thing to say, forget the guys in the match. I'm going to chant about something arbitrary and and irrelevant to what they're doing in the ring because I can. Uh-huh. And that is the most despicable thing you could do as a wrestling fan other than jumping in the ring and trying to fight somebody yep. it really spoiled it for me I know that's a fit feeling felt by a lot and if there's anyone that thinks that's great then fair enough but I'm not sure why you think that you're, you're, it, too, you're too interested in the fan reaction and a possibly genre defining match do you know what I mean? There, there was one positive of it for me. The, the the positive of the hijacking was that the people who finally had a problem with that finally understand what it's been, what it feels like to be a Roman Reigns fan. Yes, uh huh. That's like also now uh, that's the thing. That wasn't that was a problem. Uh huh. It's an issue, yeah. and it needs to be addressed. And if it means that Cesaro's going to sprint around the whole arena, ripping up beach balls all night long then so be it because I don't think he would tire of doing that physically tire of doing that <laughs> so I think that concludes the Extreme Rules review if there is a match I've missed I can't remember it it can't have been that well we didn't talk to pre-show I don't know if you want to they were they were really good matches but I don't know if they meant anything I will be honest I didn't see them well go back and watch them because they were really enjoyable matches Andrade and Sin Cara tried to kill each other and New Day and Sanity had a very different tables match than what we used to, and I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll check them out then. I did want to check out the tables match, actually, so I will give that a bash, definitely. So, are you ready for the quiz, which I've threatened you with all day? Well, I feel like, I kind of feel like Kevin Owens when Vince told him, hey, you know what you're doing tonight, right? No, you're flying off the cage. Oh. oh. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> okay. Good luck to you. <laughs> it's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Right, so I put a bit of planning into this one and I thought basically the premise of this quiz is going to be anagrams of pay-per-view names and you have to guess what the anagram is or what the pay-per-view is from the anagram I give you so for people listening to this it might be a bit too hard for them so I'm going to be nice and actually put a wee link into a Google Doc, shout out to Google Drive and all that stuff Um, so you can play along at home if you want to just click the word quiz in the podcast show notes on whatever app you're using uh, and there'll be a wee link there for you and the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show presented by Google Drive (laughs) Uh, hey, that should be that should be a legitimate uh, what do you call it sponsor hey. 
you use Google Drive more than anybody I know. So yes. I use I use Google Drive more than I use deodorant. <laughs> oh well, you're Scottish, so <laughs> Boom Joking Joking. <laughs> the silence is just because I'm trying to load up this thing, I'm not that offended. Oh, okay. Well I feel better. Is. Right, I'm going to just message you the list of the pay-per-views, right? And we'll talk through them. Because if I just tell you them, it'll be too hard, I think. You need to see the letters. That's fair. Okay. So, number one. Bichromate Mainline. Have you got it? Yeah, but that's a real thing? It's not a real thing, but it is an anagram. They are real words. Okay, so my question is, or oh Jesus Christ, I flipped the list. <laughs> my question to you is, are they all of these two word pay per views, or are they multiple word pay per views? Uh, it's a variety. Jesus Christ! And it also includes WCW. Oh God! You're lucky I didn't. Oh. You're lucky I didn't add in TNA and Ring of Honor. Did I did I did I offend you at some point? No. Like, did I do anything bad? Do you know I was really struggling for an idea with a quiz, and then this all just came together, and I did the evil scientist laugh face thing. So, okay, number one, bichromate mainline. Can can do you have hints? Can I get like uh-huh. one hint? Yeah. Um, this pay per view has happened. This year, I'll give you three clues for each one, right? Okay. So this pay per view happened this year. Um, it's one of the. In the bank. No. Shit. It's one of the gimmick pay per views. Okay. So. Oh, elimination chamber. Well done. Yeah. Right, so number number two, cheetah, as in the the fast cat. <laughs> cheetah Sabbath. Cheetah Sabbath. It's a it's a African Ozzy Osbourne cover band. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is this WWE? No, it's not. It's WCW. It's WCW. Okay. A lot of H's and B's. So that is. Hold on. Don't give me a hint yet. I don't think I need one yet. Uh, this is this is exhilarating radio, by the way. Um. <laughs> why do you think? <laughs> see, this is actually why I gave the the link out for people to read because otherwise this would be fucking boring. Um, we apologize if you guys don't enjoy this part. It's it's fun for us. Mm-hmm. Cheetah Sabbath B's. Uh, um. So okay, sold out is the first pay per view. It's not that Super Brawl. It's not that uh, uncensored. No Spring Stampede. No. Um. What's the main pay per view they had? I don't remember. Uh, Great American Bash. No. Um. Oh God. Uh. <laughs> Wow! Give me a hint. Give me one hint. Uh, yeah, give me one. Concentrate on the bees. 
The bees start start some of the words. Badge at the beach. Well done. I, I knew I knew that there was. I couldn't think of the July pay per view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three. I'm trying to remember this one myself. <laughs> and by the way, this is a this is. I think this is a real Daniel Bryan move. The Aberdeen Flintlock Hood. <laughs> Now, this one is quite hard. I should have put this at 10. In fact, wait and t- look at number 10. Fucking hell. Good luck to you. Yeah, man. Well, what, what pay-per-view is this? I mean, what, uh, what company? WWE or WCW? Uh, WWE. Okay. So, Aberdeen Flintlock Hood. The clues are... It was held in a December. Okay. The... the it's not December to December, is it? No. No, yeah, no, no, M, yeah. It had a 30 minute Iron Man match. And the last clue is between the first word and the rest of the words, there was a colon. Between the first word and the rest of the words, there mm-hmm. was a colon? So, December pay-per-view, a 30-minute Ironman match, and there was a colon after the first word. <laughs> I should have some background music. That doom, 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 doom. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes. Um, Do you give up? No, I know what it is. Go for it. And, but the reason it took me so long to get it was because of the 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 uh, hyphen. Roadblock? Yep. Finish it. Roadblock, end of the line. That's it. I, I had to think about it because the a damn... What, what had a... What had a... Uh, uh, the, the hyphen, but I remember that's the only paper I could think of in recent memory that had a subtitle. Uh-huh. So, yes. A subtitle, yes. A, yes, sorry. Uh, number four, among dread. What pay per view? I mean, what company is it? WWE. Among dread. This one should be pretty easy. Give me, give me the first hint. First hint. Um, let me see. Among among dread. So. Used to be a December pay per view. Used to. Mm hmm. We've not done it for quite a while. There's a freebie clue for you. Armageddon. Yep, well done. Number five. <laughs> armor belly. And and when he says when he says armor, we're speaking for those of you who aren't reading this with me, the British spelling of armor with a U. Oh, that's right. And this is WWE again? Yes. Oh, yes, this is WWE. Oh, okay. When you say it like that, it makes me think that it's the it's okay. Give me the first hit. Um, one of the longest running pay-per-views. Oh, Royal Rumble. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Royal Rumble, okay. Number yeah, six. Yeah, I see it now. Number six. Shout Number out. Shout, shout out to shout out to the big homie Ricky for this one. 
Allah echo woven. Allah echo woven. WCW. WCW. Halloween Havoc. Oh, straight away. Nice one. Thank you, sir. Uh, number seven. Survivor Re- Series. <laughs> that was easy. That was easy. It's Revisor Viruses is the yeah. anagram, but See the, the options of anagrams for Survivor Series? Not that many. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. There was um, Series Survivor. I could have used that. Yeah, because I wouldn't have got that at all. Uh, number eight. Foreign Knight, as in a knight in shining armor. Knight, Foreign Knight. What company? WWE. Okay. Um, is it still used? No. Okay. Foreign Knight. The E I G N is the brain is messing with me. What's the first hint? Uh, used to be a staple pay-per-view King of the Ring? yes is that it? it is okay number 9 okay I've got a confession to make see right now I fucking can't remember what it is oh that's awesome that's amazing the one you have one you don't remember great so I'll (laughs) (laughs) so for anyone listening, number nine is now number ten. Number ten, I do remember. Brutus homoerotic nuke, spelled N double O K Y. And so, will you try and work that out? Brutus homoerotic nuke. I'm going to try and remember what the hell to- abused Toyota is for number nine. <laughs> That's okay, right. What, com- uh, what company? Um, WWE. Brutus Brutus homoerotic nookie. Okay, so this is a very long name. So pay-per-views that have long names. And this is an old pay-per-view or like a more recent pay-per-view? Like, are any, these, none of these are like this Tuesday in Texas, right? None, like, none of that old shit. Yeah, that's old. This one is? Uh-huh. I'll give you a freebie clue. There is a subtitle. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, I remember what number nine is. Thank Christ for that. Uh, in your house. Yes, okay. There they are. Okay, I, in your house, I know that. B, I don't remember all the damn in your house pay-per-views, though. Well, I give you uh, a, a good clue. Okay. It is the name of someone's finishing move. Rock bottom. Well done. I, I was trying to place the B. Mm. Right, so I remember what number nine is. Abuse, abused Toyota. What company? WWE. Okay. Abused Toyota. A Y. And. Uh. Y. Give me one hint. Just one hint. First clue is. Fan interaction. Oh, that's too easy a clue, I think. Fan interaction? Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't really help me. All right, okay. Um, second clue is it changed. The format of the pay-per-view changed. No, sorry, the format of the pay-per-view stayed the same, but the name changed. 
after a couple of years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I am. One more clue? Yeah, please. Um, Will I just give you the name of the paper? If I give you the name of what the pay-per-view became, that'll give it away, but it's 5 to 12. Okay, well, don't do that. Don't do that. Tell me, what's the most famous match that happened at this card? Um, Most memorable, I would say, Triple H, Ric Flair cage match. Oh, uh, 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 the the Tuesday, Taboo Tuesday. Correct. There you go. Oh, Taboo Tuesday, Cyber Sunday. Look at you. I get it. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. My God. That was fun, though. I enjoyed that. I hope. Um, I hope it wasn't too brutal. I think maybe see if I if you didn't have the letters in front of you, it would have been deadly, wouldn't it? Oh my God. I, yeah, I'd have been like, screw this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> screw screw this bring back the theme paper bring back the the uh the theme questions because that would have been hell to try to write that down and stuff mm-hmm. but no that was fun good that was fun glad you enjoyed it so uh that brings us to the close of the show this has been the rick and clive wrestling show you can catch us at ricky and clive on twitter and facebook ricky and clive wrestling show on instagram um, Social Suplex Podcast Network has ourselves I'll leave Rance to do his wee spot you've got Grown Men Watch This Shit, you have Keeping It Strong Style and you have One Nation Radio you can subscribe to the podcasts as well as the columns on socialsuplex.com, there's a subscribe option it comes straight into your inbox um, please also rate and review with a big whopping 5 stars on Apple Podcasts Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to check out the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group where we all are and other various personalities in the business. Rance, would you like to tell us all your stuff? No. <laughs> God damn, playing, pal. <laughs> you can find your boy at It's Ray Cash on Twitter, R-E-Y as Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollar signs. You can... Um, Follow the show at Outsiders Edge SS. Give some love to my co-host, my brother, uh, Carl. You can follow him at Outsider Curvin and give some love to, I guess you can say, my other kind of co-host, uh, my golden lover's brethren, uh, Kyle Moore, the Dr. S'mores. Uh, we just posted an episode of the Outsiders Edge, uh, a special episode with just me and Kyle, speaking about pretty much non-WWE stuff, G1, Ring of Honor, All In, uh, New Japan and NXT we just posted that um, yesterday or this morning actually so that's out there listen to that if you get a chance and we will have a special episode traditional episode of Outsiders Edge with me and Carl which should be out tomorrow so uh, yeah man uh, I guess you can call this my comeback week right I haven't really been on doing much for the past few weeks so it should be you that's singing I'm back and I'm better than ever. Well, but then we wouldn't get your melodic voice. Controversy creates its Ray Cash. <laughs> I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. Uh, but no, man, you know I love being on. Uh, I appreciate you always having me and stuff, man. So thank you. Not a problem. Thank you for coming on. Uh, a wee shout out to Mags and Bags on Twitter who has been... Hooring our show, sorry, whoring our show, 
Uh, big That's t- big homie Darren, yeah. Yeah, uh, doing a lot of good work for us on Twitter, showing some love, so shout out to yourself, Mags and Bags. Um, I think that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening and good night. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.